Happy New Year. Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Check out some of our network mates. It is what it is. The Roaring Riot Podcast, not what you think, and the Carolina Line for more great talk about your favorite team. Follow the Riot Network on Twitter at the Riot Network to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, love us wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. With me, as always, Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, is crossing his fingers for a Mac Brown interview to come across the Twitter sphere. Now I'm not sure if you guys have heard, but um, Mac, Mac is back. Mac is, hashtag Mac is back. Um, Sammy Howell. It's almost like we're in some sort of weird, uh, like like opposite world where the team to be excited about in Charlotte is the Hornets and the uh, sport to be excited about if you are a Tar Heel is football and not basketball. So we're living in opposite world and uh, up is down. Yes is no. And I do not plan on eating a whole pizza by myself later on today. Goals. <laughs> Goals and then go to the gym tomorrow. Yeah, of course. Well, now that we're uh, we're into January, um, my New Year's resolution is to I'll be I may have just come from the gym actually while you guys are listening to this. Probably I did twice. Yeah, you, you went twice already. Exactly. We're still in opposite world. Still went twice already, and I ran still very still in opposite. And uh, Josh Klein's opposite, Mr. Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, plans to continue to give hot takes during the off season, despite the mics not being on. You just carry a mic with you for those hot takes, right? Of course. Why would I not? Absolutely. It's 2020. The deck is showing its age. May need a little uh, TLC, much like this Panthers roster. Now that's the deck, right? D E C K. The one and only. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure in case people were a little bit, maybe they did some drinking last night. They wanted to like rewind. They're hitting that minus 15 to go back. Like, what did he just say? Is It needs a little TLC. What kind of, what's happening? Speak your truth. Speak your <laughs> truth. <laughs> On the one day contract this week, Will Kunkel, sports director at Fox 46, trying his best to make Uncle Kunk happened as a nickname. Wow, really? No. Co-host of the Fox 46 pregame show. Uncle Kunk. Uncle Kunk. I love hearing you say it. Say it again. Uncle Kunk. It's on the show. It sounds like a Jim Carrey character on In Living Color that was not quite as popular as some of his other. I Uncle love Kunk. that. And for yeah. those of you that don't know, Will's been begging to sign the one-day contract for the yeah. entire 2019 season. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Finally. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, you made it just in time to celebrate the new year. Excited to have you. Uncle Kunk is in the building. Uncle Kunk. Uncle Kunk, Aunt Nikki, little cousin Colin. What kind of beautiful show is this? What a family. And the big dog, obviously. The big dog. Ready to celebrate 2020. About to get weird. It's our year. Oh, I hit the microphone with my teeth. (laughs) Hungry fella? (laughs) Can't wait for that pizza, so you're just going to go into the mic. Diet starts tomorrow. (laughs) Always does. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, we boy. start the show with Nikki's super important question. So, what's your New Year's resolution? Oh, obviously, nobody else is ready with their New Year's resolution. I've, Josh got, is ready. I've got a couple. Okay. Um, I, uh, I know how to play the guitar, and I have kind of let that go a little bit. So, I'm going to jump back into that. And I would also like to take. Uh, one Spanish class. I mean, like a just collection class, of Spanish just class. class. Yeah. Like an, <laughs> hola, como está? Excuse me. And done. Uno class. Uh, <laughs> Un one class. One, like, one, one 
class session, uh, not one class session, but like <laughs> one, one hour, one of course, maybe, I guess. I think you could just watch an episode of Sesame Street. I just want to, <laughs> yeah. Was it Bedazzled? Is that the old movie where he does, Donde esta la biblioteca? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can just watch that <laughs> exactly. and pretty much qualify. Watch yeah. Blue Streak with Brian Burns. Un gato en mis pantalones. Yeah. Yo tengo <laughs> un gato. Good Brendan Fraser reference, by the way. <laughs> Bedazzled. That's an underrated movie. Very good. It really? is good. No. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Thank it's, you. It's, it's, it's a good watch. Oh, you don't think it's very good? Right up there with Drumline. Wow, no, I mean, oh, Drumline's well, good. Uh, okay, wait, 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 you're the one that's begging to come on. Yeah, show. why don't you listen to the show where we talk about nonsense for 20 minutes first? And it's all Drumline and Blue Streak and uh, what was the other movie we were just talking about? Brendan Fraser. Yeah, George of the Jungle. Yeah. Love Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Whatever happened to Brent the Frage? I don't know. I hope something good. Yeah, probably. I feel like he I just, hope made, he just a- made the money and disappeared. I that's think that's exactly what he did. Ooh, yeah. I'd like that. Living the dream. What's your New Year's, the New Year's resolution? It's been a long time. Disappear, Again. disappear, and live the dream. <laughs> you and Fraser on an island. Yeah. <laughs> just you I, just, and, I just need a corner over here. I'll be fine. Just I'm you just, and B. Fraser somewhere. Yeah, tidy corner. Uh, hanging out. I'll man the dock. Let's go. There you go. Just in some sort of a like a nuclear shelter, watching. Um, God, I was no, he's to got pull lots the name of money. Of that movie. <laughs> Tropical location, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Like if he's doing this off the coast of Oregon or something, it's a little <laughs> less appealing. I was gonna say he's like in Montana. Yeah. You know, where there's more elk per square that's, mile. A, that's a compound, not an island. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Uncle Kunk? I can't yeah. say that. Yeah. He that. just spent some time Maybe. in Montana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just got back from the from Big Sky, Montana. Uh, capitalize on missed opportunities. How about that as a theme? <laughs> I got a, t- I got a t-shirt. Get a new normal tomorrow. in 2020. That's yeah. what I'm doing. I got a t-shirt for you. Want it? <laughs> Gosh. You got to have something more than... Then yeah, you're yeah. Brendan Fraser. You can't joke. just be be Fraser. No, um, no, I, I, I'm not good at this because I'm not going to keep it. And then I've just let myself down one more time. It's a good point. And so I don't, I don't make resolutions. Sorry. Smart. Don't set goals, and that way you, you don't fall short right. of anything. Sorry. It's true. Keep keep the bar low. <laughs> just <laughs> so step step over. over that bar. Long term mediocrity is the goal. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's get the podcast started yeah. then. And here we go. Here we go. We're con- I like that. It's well done by both of you, by the way. We've got some missed opportunities, long-term mediocrity. Brenda Fraser was great on Scrubs. Just going to throw that out there. Wait, he was on Scrubs? Yeah, he really? was uh, Dr. Cox's uh, brother who, um, spoiler alert, he dies. <laughs> what? Okay, the show came out in like 2000. Yeah, he dies. They go to the funeral. It's like the best episode of Scrubs. a 20-year embargo on stuff like that? Yeah, well, Two decades. guess what? <laughs> you're screwed. If you haven't seen that episode of Scrubs, you're going to be really sad. And if you have seen it, you're like, yeah, that is the best How one. far into the series did that happen? I don't know. Zach Braff looks at, at Perry Cox and says, where do you think we are right now? They're at his funeral, Brendan Fraser's funeral. Boom. Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, maybe I see this and I just don't remember it. I've watched maybe a lot you of Scrubs. Maybe blocked it out. It's a good I show. Have, I don't know. Good app. Good app. Yeah, oh, Lord. great app. I'm going to go find that on, is that on like, I assume Netflix, right? I think so, probably. Okay. Until, well, it may have just come off Netflix like Friends, Aww. which, oh, uh, today, worry. don't go, don't go looking for Friends. Not right. on there, Be not on Netflix more today. The good news is it's on TBS every single day <laughs> and Nick at Night every single night. So oh. 
Speaking of losing DVR. friends, the Panthers. <laughs> Man, you're so so desperate to what? get to all this. Is there are there things to talk about in the Panthers world right now? Nope. End of show. Thank you for coming on, Uncle Conk. We'll see you. We'll see you in season three. All right. So. What are we talking here with this? We have Ron moving on. We don't know what's going on with Cam. Olsen up in the air. Is this going to be a complete rebuild? Like, is this really the end of an era for the Panthers? I mean, has anyone ever seen a franchise in any sport ever in their lifetime go through the transition phase that the Carolina Panthers are going through? A new coach has been here for an eternity. A new ownership group. A new stadium in the talks. An MLS team coming in. New quarterback, possibly. A new... Knew everything. I've never seen anything like it. This is as complete of a rebuild as we can has seen. I think in a long time. Well, you think about to bottom who you th- associate with the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. and next season, theoretically, it could just be Luke Keekley and Christian McCaffrey that are the people who you thought you associated with the Carolina Panthers with Greg Olson. Whether he's going to retire, whether he's going to go chase a ring somewhere else whatever's going to happen with Cam Newton. And I have some thoughts on what's going to happen with Cam Newton that Are may surprise you. on a different podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a tease, all right? We got Uncle Kunk on the show. He's the master of the before the commercial tease. I'll tell you about it right after this. Uh, but I, I think that um, you are. I mean, you're seeing that this is the transition that happens with all teams. And I think that for so long, the Panthers didn't really have that identity. So there wasn't really that transition. It was always just kind of bouncing from, well, it's Jake's the quarterback, and then it's uh, now it's Jimmy Clausen, and John Fox is here, and now it's Ron. Like, it was just kind of you moved on from year to year. But this truly does, to me, feels like the end of the Jerry Richardson, Ron Rivera, Cam Newton era, and on to the David Tepper, uh, Josh McDaniels, um, Mike McCarthy, Will Greer uh sorry oh boy uh tyrod taylor era oh god which speaks volumes to how stable the franchise has been better or for worse over the past decade doesn't it absolutely and it's been right at a decade since we've seen even this level of upheaval where you didn't know what this team was going to look like you didn't know who the quarterback was going to be mm-hmm. we didn't i mean rivera and, and cam came in at the same time but i i agree the, the rest of it certainly pales or, you know, surpasses currently um, than what they're going through in 2010. But they are about to go through – Like I think we today know as little about this franchise as we have ever probably known as Panther fans. I like, mean, this roster – talk about a revamped roster yeah. next year. Yeah. I oh, mean, my gosh. They only have 40, 40 – 42 guys, guys on contract for 2020. Right yeah. They need 40 – they need more than half of the roster that will be in camp next year – does, is not under contract right now today as we speak. It's crazy. I think the four defensive linemen that started the game for them yesterday all could be gone. I mean, that's the level of change yeah. we're talking about. Eight of the 11 guys that started in Week 17 uh, on defense are free agents going into next year. And, yeah, I think a lot of them are going to be back. Maybe not a lot, but at least a few of them are going to be back. And, yes, obviously they're going to fill out the roster, and I'm not sure that you want to bring back all the pieces of the worst run defense in NFL history, but <laughs> – that's still a lot. I mean, it's huge. Like the amount of churn that you're going to see over the next three months is insane. I mean, you're gonna you're looking at out of the 53 guys, you're looking at like 25, 30 new faces. That doesn't happen year over year. And if you think about Ron Rivera getting a new head coaching job, where is he going to pull some a couple guys from 
So that's going to be a couple more guys that are out the, out the door, the, that, that back end. And, and a new coach is going to want to bring in their their guys. Uh, this is from, the, like you said, Will, from, but really speaking of the on-field product, this is about to be the biggest offseason of upheaval. I think you can you can say that this, this franchise has had. Oh, by far this franchise. I'm, I would even go as far as any franchise ever all at once. Well, all but, at once. It's crazy. Well, I feel like the Browns have built a stadium, which means that everything else was going on at the same time, and they were building a stadium. But They, go, like, they have this kind of upheaval every two yeah. years, right? New yeah. coach, it's new news GM, when they new don't quarterback. Fire their coach. Right. Well, right. And, and, you know, since we're looking at a head coach, look at that head coaching situation where – they had, oh, we got to keep this super smart offensive coordinator type and make him the head coach. They took a good situation, which was Freddie Kitchens getting promoted to offensive coordinator, making Baker Mayfield successful, and because they were afraid to lose him or whatever it was, they, they forced him up to head coach. And it, Josh McDaniels is another guy that you know got pushed up. He did good things with Tim Tebow in Denver, but he wasn't quite ready for that head coaching position. I think I – think, you, you do need to be careful when you pick these guys and you're just saying, oh, well, this is an offensive mind we want to go for. Um, but I, I look at that situation in Cleveland as kind of a, uh, again, be careful what you what you wish for when you say, we got to, you know, Rod Chudzinski was here. <laughs> oh, we should keep him over Ron Rivera was, sure. a, was a thought that was here. Just, just because a guy's coming off a hot year, a good year with an offense coordinator, you can take a good situation and make it bad by get, putting a guy in a position he's not ready for. And I think it's super important that it's way more than just the X's and the O's because you have to be the adult in the room. You have to be mature. Freddie Kitchens, is it, is it any more clear this guy is just clearly not mature enough to be a head football coach? You can be a coordinator because you can dick around on the sideline do whatever you want as a head coordinator because no one's really looking at you like the head coach. Ron Rivera – for the faults that he may have, was the adult. He created a culture. He was able to lead in the locker room. And he wasn't like he was bad at the X's and O's by any stretch. I'm a firm believer, and I've kind of come to this opinion over the past few days, is that this coach, if the Panthers hire a first-time head coach to be their head coach, it will be a mistake. Because not only is... The coach, obviously, they're going to engineer this change in eras and all these new, these new guys coming in. And but you have to build this roster essentially from scratch. I mean, yeah, you have Christian McCaffrey on the on the roster. You have you have pieces there. Eric Reed is is a sa- is a good safety. If KK Short maybe back, the, these kind of Luke Keekley, obviously Shaq Thompson. But in reality, you have to start all this from scratch. And I think the problem with what happened with McDaniel's in Denver is he went in and he was like. I'm, I, I know what it takes to build a winner. I've been in New England. But that New England culture and that New England doesn't come immediately, and it doesn't just you can't just bring in 30 new guys and expect that to happen. So I think they need to hire somebody that has done this, even if it's been even if it's McDaniels that done, had did it for three years. But he, he doesn't have to not only learn how to build a roster and make sure he's making all the right decisions, he doesn't have to learn how to be a head coach on the fly over the next – four months of the off season. He doesn't have to think to himself, Oh man, I got to think about like, when do we leave for training camp? And like, what's the, like, what, what is the, the, the menu and the cafeteria look like? like? These are all things that the head coach has to think about at least in some sense. And I think it's what David Tepper wants. You'd hear him talking about these, the modern processes. And I don't think it's just, well, I wrote down the play and I'll go out there and do it. I think mm-hmm. it's, Hey, we got to make sure you're watching your tape. We got to make sure you're, 
what you know we're You're analyzing your sweat figure, basically 53 yeah. men and yeah. you, we, you and i talked about this with gerald mccoy on monday that the fact that the most important thing you can do as a leader in a locker room is to buy in to the next head coach's philosophy. Because if you don't, and you're a young head coach in particular, good luck getting 53 millionaires to follow you as a first-time head coach. So you need to keep a lot of these guys in place that are older and mature that can be a de facto head coach on the field and in that locker room as well. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's tough because they have to balance, and David Tepper has to balance, between finding the guy that is going to usher you into this next era and hopefully be the head coach for the next 25 years and ensuring that this the next 25 years is doesn't start with eight years of misery where you where you have to make a mistake fire the first guy and bring in the next guy which may happen Almost certainly will happen. I, mean, I agree. I, Thank I mean, you. Just to, the the. Oh, I didn't want to say that. I didn't <laughs> want to say it, but I'm glad that you did. Yeah. I mean, look. The, the, what you're hoping for is you're hitting doubles on and all these situations. Sorry to go cross sport, but you, you you can't if you if they swing for the fences with the with the quarterback, swing for the fences with the head coach, swing for the you, you're gonna you're gonna end up striking out way more, and you're not even gonna know what's good. So you just need to, you just need to. Keep the ball in play. I'm just going to use different <laughs> different so sports many, analogies all the way down. See how here. many you can get but in no, there. You're just shooting free throws. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just swiveling the swiveling the lacrosse stick. Maybe yeah. Chris Hogan will yeah. do that. <laughs> but I do think I think that's the reason to not go for for a first time head coach unless you unless you are like this is the guy like, mm-hmm. unless you think this is a guy that is going to be you know a, a one name type guy um, you know 20 years from now. Unless you see that guy across from you, just just take the double. Just take the take the easy one. Do you yeah. guys think this fan base can handle a rebuild? They have to. They don't have what to. What are they going to do? Not go don't... to the game? They already don't go to the game. There, I mean... there was not a lot of people at that. I was one of the thirty nine people that attended uh, yesterday. Well, I, I think that part of what we saw this year is that the Grand Marshal for the last decade was not in attendance, playing yeah. quarterback. The guy that was flying around like a jet, the guy that was dancing with the, the guy that was making things interesting in that building was not out there this year. And it showed. Outside of everyone that listens, obviously, to your guys' podcast, those are the diehard fans in the Carolinas. This fan base needs something to be energized about. They need a reason to go to the game, but they also need to buy in. Having said that, this has become, you know, sports has become much more of a business decision as a fan as it has been by a player in an ownership group, because you're not spending your hard-earned money going to see a bad product, just like you wouldn't go to a store and buy the worst product on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's, it's a two-way street, and it's tough, and it's a young fan base. It's only 25 years old. You know, we can talk about the silver blue in the face, but whether or not the fan base can survive it, they'll be fine if a, if a winner comes out at the end, right? Yeah, of course. Well, yes and no. I think that... There are a lot of young Panthers fans, not just not just the 25-year franchise. You're looking at – there are a lot of Panther fans that have been fans since – become Panthers fans since 2011, and mm-hmm. they don't know what it's like to uh, wake up on a Sunday morning and turn down tickets to the Broncos and Colts because Jimmy Clausen is making his first start in a Panthers uniform and you want to watch it on TV. That's a personal story. Sucker. Uh, they don't know about – having Vinny Testaverde as the third-string quarterback and Matt Moore as the backup and not knowing which one of them is going to be better. They don't know about that kind of stuff because of number one. So the fact that... But those fans aren't making any sort of decision in their household or their life. I mean, those are kids. 
No, I don't think right? so. I think there are. I think there are a lot of adults that be, that lived in Charlotte that may have moved to Charlotte in 2012. They got caught up in cam fever. Um, some some the other way and negative cam fever, but I think they, they got caught up in being a Panthers fan. There were three straight years of winning and they've always kind of been waiting for this to, to turn back around. And now with whoever is going to be playing quarterback, if it's not cam, whoever is going to be the coach, I don't know that they're ready for, for four and 12, two and 14 next year, because when you look at what's on this roster right now, um, it, it makes a lot more sense for the team to be bad next year again and then whether or not you want to be tanking for trevor or whatever but to be bad again next year have three four five wins get another top draft pick build comp picks because you let all your guys go in the offseason next year's draft you have 12 picks including seven in the third round and go from there well david tepper said you know nothing was gonna be built in a day he said it himself he said the, it like the, he the, right the attendance isn't going to turn around in a day but this they they have to the fans have to have a reason to be excited there's not a reason to be excited i mean even even cam at this point it's almost exhausting as a panther fan to talk about your quarterback with anyone outside of the fan base or even sometimes within the fan base it's mainly just, because no one has an answer right no there's, so there, it's, there's it's all speculation and bs it is it is and it's and it's just frustrating and that's what so the the one guy the guy that matters most see with respect to cmc the guy that matters the most we're just in you're just in purgatory and the, and with the team that doesn't have a lot of talent I, this roster i know we haven't talked about marty 2.0 just yet but this roster where where are the young playmakers? Where's where are the guys that you go, man? If we get a little bit more seasoning on this guy, he really looks like something. Because this has been a struggling year. They've given they, they haven't been in the playoff hunt, and yet there's I don't think there's a long list of those guys. Brian Burns. Okay, a first round pick. That's what you got. That's the list. Well, you said you wanted me to name somebody, so I did. Okay, I gave you one. Okay, one. That's the one. That's the one. I mean, Dennis we, Daly. Who's okay? Let's do this with the offensive line real quick because it, this happens all the time where everybody loves everybody on the offensive line, but then they can't block. And well, who do we blame? Well, we, but we like everybody. So it becomes tough, right? But this team can't not blocking well. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any, anyone that looks at the, the product of the fields and say, listen, this is a bad football team. Right. But I think it's so, it's interesting because this isn't New York. This isn't Philly where you're like a bunch of bums get out of here it's well, they're Charlotte. They're our guys. Those are our boys out there. We love them. We know their names. No one else knows their names. It's almost like a college town in that regard. This team, offensively and defensively, was bad. I mean, Josh alluded to the worst rushing defense in the history of the NFL. Yes, but we we can rattle off names: Don Terry Poe, Mario Addison, Brian Burns, Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, Eric Reed, Trey Boston, Dante Jackson, James Bradbury, and everybody. Oh, that team is stacked. Are they? Because they're the worst. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. So I, we just get close to them, which is really awesome in one regard and really bad in another regard. I uh, I think there's a big – there is this weird sentiment across the Panthers fan base and, and I think across a lot of the media too is that if Cam had been on this team with this roster, they would have been what, 11-5, and 12-4? That's what a lot of people think. Huge gap. Not what I think. I, I think that – 
even Cam Newton could have dragged them to three or four more wins. Sure. But which would even be worse for the franchise, arguably. Exactly. If they'd have gone nine and seven and still not made the playoffs mm-hmm. or made then the playoffs, the and then you're picking tenth every year, not getting anybody good. <laughs> exactly, and I think that PJ is... Washington's going to be a special player. <laughs> he has the heart of a champion. He's our new PJ Brown. It's going to be great. <laughs> PJ Brown. Cody great. Martin is a was a steal in the second. You know what doesn't get old is watching Cody Zeller's arm get hit by a guard and him losing control of the ball as he's about to dunk. That's what never gets old. When a six-footer just goes up and hits him in the arm just on the elbow. Oh, shoot. I lost control again. Fudge. He doesn't. He seems like the kind of guy that doesn't curse, right? Like Cody Zeller is just out there like, God, get that gummit. He's fouling me out there, ref. Hey, Stripes. You got to give me a call here. Blow the Blow your whistle. Blow your horn over there. Like all the talk of the little brother aggressiveness of the Zeller brothers. Like, no, you just, no, no. Oh, he's got an edge. He got bullied by his older brothers. So the so Tepper said, <laughs> he, he said uh, that you need fresh blood to change the culture. That was a. Uh, oh, there will be blood. Oh, there will be lots. No milkshakes. Uh, there will. So obviously you're looking at like a. A lot of fresh blood in there, but you there's no guarantee that you are going to make the right choice on all of these things. Rebuilds don't always work. In he said, "Well, would you be bad for five years if if I can guarantee you twenty years of success?" I'm sorry, but five years of being bad doesn't guarantee you twenty years of success. It's not that's not how it works. You don't just put your it's you don't put your head in the ground. Guess what? The Bucks have been bad for a really long time, and they drafted a guy number one overall to be their quarterback, and he's still out there eating W's and throwing pick sixes to begin and end the season. So there is no guarantee. And when you say, Colin, that that you think whoever Tepper hires is going to be a bad choice, I, I said this before, that a new owner wants his guy. You buy the restaurant, you want to know who the chef is, you want to hire the chef yourself, you want him producing the kind of food that you want. And within the last six owners, within two years, have fired that head coach. And Usually when you buy a new team, it's because the team is terrible and you can afford it. But the next coach is hired, Joe Philbin, Jeff Fisher, Mike Malarkey, Rob Chudzinski, Rex Ryan. I think I don't think that any of us really think that the next coach that's hired is the wrong slash bad choice as much as I I think we all agree that it's just it's just not gonna work because this team isn't ready to win, let alone if it's a young guy coming in. Does that make sense? Like yeah, no, you could course. hire Bill Belichick outside of Bill Belichick, I guess. And it's just not – this franchise right now isn't stable enough. Can we trade Cam Newton straight up for Bill Belichick? Ooh, let do me make a call. The, do you get the spy network? And a first network. rounder. Do you get the Derek spy Jr. network with Belichick, or does the spy network stay? It comes with the assistant coaches, though, as we've seen games. before. That's how you win games. Yeah. You're not cheating. You're not trying. I, I'm just saying – I'm not saying – let me let me rephrase that. I'm not saying that whoever comes in is doomed because of curses. I'm just saying right. that a lot of times when you're when you're a new first time owner, you can get caught up in I'm going to make my my decision is going to be correct and I'm going to bring in the right guy. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you, if you make make a mistake, sometimes you stick with it a little bit too long. Maybe uh, like yeah, it's I just, agree with it's that tough. for sure. I mean, that's it's it's hard right. to make the right. It's I I have said this multiple times before, and I did not steal this saying from anywhere anyone else. It is easy to go. From a good coach to a bad coach, it's hard to go from a good coach to a great coach. And 
that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to go from a good coach to a great coach because they need a fresh blood to change the culture. And so they're going to change the culture. It's just a matter of what the culture is going to be over the next five to eight to 10 to 15 years. 25 years ago, Jerry Richardson declared that the Panthers would win a Super Bowl in, in 10 years. And then he later regretted it because he didn't, he and even said, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. That's the thing that that's, that's what concerns me about Tepper is this arrogance that he, that, that he thinks that he can deliver 20 years of success, sustained success in the NFL. And it, it, this is, this is football. I mean, you can, if you draft the right kid, maybe, maybe you, you, we do end up drafting two or whatever. Maybe that's the route that you end up going down. Well then, and it looks great for five years. And then the hip, you know, comes back into play, whatever, like, Oh, it would have been great for 15 years, but it was it was only great for five, or it was good for three, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, there's way too many variables to be able to guarantee that that level of success. The only way you can do that is to have Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame head coach. That's the only team we have ever seen sustain success to that level. People are spoiled because of what the Patriots have been able to do. They think that that's possible to do it everywhere. The Steelers, who are, are the, the greatest example of sustained success, when was the last time they won a Super Bowl? Like Before Ron Rivera was head coach of the Carolina Panthers. There you go. It's not easy to win the Super Bowl, and I think that sometimes people get caught up in that. 31 teams lose every single year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I'm, this isn't me being anti-Tepper. It's just no, no, new no, owners I, I, make statements that they think they can fulfill, and I just don't, I don't think it, ma- it doesn't matter about money. It's not about it's not about that. It's just the way the NFL is. Whether it's a brain drain, whether whatever it is, you, there's just too many variables f- to guarantee when you're starting from zero that you might be able to get there. Like if you had the if you felt like you had the Hall of Fame head coach in place, whether it was Lincoln Riley or Sean McVay, whatever young stud you you know Kyle Shanahan, um, whatever whatever guy it was, if you felt you had that in place, maybe you can you can say hey we 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 can achieve this. But right now you got. A zero at quarterback, you got a zero at coach, and you probably have a zero at GM. So that's that. This this twenty years of su- sustained success. Give me five years of sustained success before we start talking about decades. But don't wouldn't you rather have an owner like David Tepper that has whether you want to call it arrogance or the bravado or or the confidence, whatever it may be, to say we will win, and a guy that has a track record to being successful in business or and coming from the Steelers versus. You know, I don't know Jerry. I never worked with Jerry, but a guy that it seemed like this organization was simply at, just treading water at at best. I mean, there was no growth after several several years, especially recently. I mean, whether it's the in-game product or the roster or the willingness to spend whatever it may be, David Tepper is willing to do whatever it takes to be that winner. And he, whether it's arrogance or not, at least you have that versus ambivalence right but, but i don't think that was always the richardson era i do think it aged out with mm-hmm. him i mean early on it, amenities and things like that were things that were people or that the players were actually you know oh we've got a, an owner that knows what it's like to be a player like that was you know people were coming to the team and i actually you know thought that they were um you know progressive you go after they went after seifert when you know when he was at the right. peak of his powers and obviously that was a terrible plan but he did try out he did go out and get a guy i remember driving down 77 going whoa Whoa, we we just got George, like, oh, we're we're big time now. Like that's that's what it felt like back then. And then obviously there was a point, and I do think that Jerry didn't have the infrastructure in mm-hmm. place, and and the team did get did get older. But I think that's more of a reflection towards the end than the whole entire time. 
Uh, I got a quote for you. Winning is the most important thing. That's what the fans want to hear. I bought this team because I'm a fan. I want a winner. Anything less than that is unacceptable. I'm going to do everything in my power to make that happen. I know we're going to be competitive. We're going to enter every game believing we can win. We're going to win our share of games. (laughs) Miami is going to be happy with the results. That's what Stephen Ross said the year after he bought the Dolphins, and they have been a dumpster fire ever since. And I thought you were going to say it was going to be Ron Rivera's new employer, Daniel Snyder. No, I'm sure he said something very similar. Right. And, and you, that's the thing. You can't win with money. You just can't because, the, because of the cap. You've got to make these decisions. And a, a lot of these guys like to tinker a little too much to, uh, to establish that culture. And, and to go back, because this – if you want to say something, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say this is why we make all the Brendan Fraser jokes at the top because it's yep. incredibly depressing for the first for the middle <laughs> hour of the show. <laughs> we knew that was going to happen, so we wanted to make as many jokes as possible. But we'll talk about being, you know being familiar with the roster, and we've had we've had the conversation before about by the time you know everybody's name, it's time for people to move on. That that this group kind of this era, not necessarily this current roster, but the Olsen, there was you know the the, the men of the year crowd you know peanut tillman going mm-hmm, back to there mm-hmm. thomas davis Julius like i think Peppers. yeah i think a lot of those guys in that era there are guys that have kind of glommed on but i feel like the back you know, a lot of it has been the, the coaching staff has stuck with a lot of young guys mm-hmm. for years four and five or maybe other teams would have moved on for guys in years two and three and i do feel like that's one of the areas where this roster has struggled which is hilarious because i couldn't believe they bent dante jackson for the last two games versus sending the message after the atlanta game and got rid of Rashawn golden i know he had some issues if you will with authority and so on and so forth but uh there were some guys those two were pretty talented players i think Rashawn golden could actually if he gets his mental mentally he's all right then i think he could be a pretty darn good football player then why hasn't anybody else signed him i hear that all the time people oh marty is so like okay but these guys they cut terry like everybody wishes and prays for terry godwin to be on the team and he's been on the jags practice squad for the whole year but but godwin was a guy that was a jack of uh, you know a jack of all trades and so I think that if you're a team that's looking for a specific guy, he becomes hard, and he becomes a guy that gets overlooked and just slides down. I mean, I think I think I think there's a lot of guys like Galden that certainly had the mm-hmm. talent, certainly had the ability, didn't end up in the right spot, and and the world just keeps spinning. And there's a big old crop of new yeah. guys coming in. It is crazy to see how this league just moves on. Like Antonio Brown, the greatest arguably, you know, just for argument's sake, the greatest receiver ever. Just just to say it. Just the, no one noticed, and he was gone. Like, he was just gone in the middle yeah. of the season. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he was... Let alone with Sean Golden leaving the roster, you know? <laughs> and Terry Godwin may be the best receiver of all time, but we'll never know. We'll never know. Because nobody will give him any freaking play at time. If I could just get an offer... Rather have Ray fine. Ray McLeod back there. <laughs> well, you gotta, you got to get DJ Moore's nine catches and Curtis Samuel's four catches. You know? That's right. Well, who... I mean, Terry Godwin's just going to get overthrown by all the quarterbacks anyway. <laughs> so it didn't really matter. Or didn't, underthrown. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. So the search for the Panthers' next head coach. Colin, I think you want to start with a take on this. Yeah, I, we've, talked, we've touched on a lot of this. It, I really think they need to pick their guy. Don't, don't try and play this system thing where, oh, we're going to pick the offensive guy because that's, that's what smart teams do. They need to identify a person. If you're, if you're talking about, a, uh, about culture and creating a culture, I really think that they need to have the person that they're identifying and go after that guy wholeheartedly rather than trying to, you know, I don't know, play the field, so to speak. What do you think the most important quality is? Like, what is the, like you're looking for a guy. Number one, he has to be this. Number two, that. Three, four, five, could, could, would. I, I think it's 
can he can can he run the room? And I think exactly. that's that's where what you said. And I think it's Rivera's biggest strength, and it's why I think Rivera probably would have been a pretty good head coach to start a new era. But you know, that's neither here nor that. Yeah, Wait, if Ron Rivera is available, he would be a good fit in Carolina, wouldn't he? He really would. <laughs> He's a great mix of uh, toughness and old school discipline, and he utilizes <laughs> modern processes. Yeah. I went for two Ron. down by fourteen. His nickname was Analytical Ron. He told us just like Uncle Kunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the most important thing though. I don't care who you bring in. I don't care if he's 19 or 20. Obviously, he won't be that. But I'm just saying, he needs to be a leader of men. He needs to have seen some shit out there. Yep. Can you say that on here? Yeah, you can. Yep. We get two curses, get so that's, right, one, that's, that's one. one. He one needs to Save have the other seen one. it. He needs to have been out there. He needs to be a leader of men and control that room and be a general. He can't be buddies with these guys. He can't be just the analytical guy. He can't just be the crafty guy that's drawn up cool X's and O's. You need to be the leader of this franchise. I, I'm not interested in, in a first-timer. I'm, no. I'm just not. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, if he, if he was out there as an offense coordinator, I might make the exception because he's I, – I, I think he's what a lot of guys have been pretending to be for, for a couple years here. Um, but a guy like Mike McCarthy that, that, that knows what it is to lead 53 men because it becomes different. It's like, hey, guys, we know the defense is struggling, so we're going to have to pick up, right? You can do that on the offensive mm-hmm. side. You can kind of you can shut the door and have that offensive meeting and kind of get down on the defense a little bit to try and rally your guys. You can't do that as the head coach. No, you know? and that's a tool. Absolutely not. That's if it gets tool. back out there that your right. head coach is dogging an entire part of your team, forget about right. it. You're toast. But, but, a, but, a, but a position coach can do that a little sure. bit more, and they can kind of leverage that. And that, that's, a, that's a tool that I think a lot of coaches use, and then all of a sudden you get to the biggest job you've ever had, and that tool is no longer on the table. And you, you're out there telling people, telling the media that you told your punter to kick it out of bounds twice yeah. when – Wearing shirts like Pittsburgh started it, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. It's just a child. It's just immature yeah. and childish. And I'm not – see, I'm not going to go out there and paint a broad brush like no college coaches. Like if Matt Rule is the guy from Baylor, if, if what, he, what he did with that program, where it was after Art Briles, I mean, that's pretty remarkable what he did. And clearly he can lead a room, lead – it's arguably harder to lead college kids and recruit and be on a college campus than it is a professional locker room because those guys are going to do whatever they're going to do anyway. So I'm not going to paint a broad brush in that manner because this guy might be, you know, yeah. good enough. And don't don't look at it and say just like you did. Oh, college coach, cross it off. No, exactly. pick your guy. Yes. Pick the person. Don't pick the position. Oh, well, he was the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. That means he's going to be whatever it is. Oh, from the Chiefs. I know Bienemy's getting some you know attention as the offensive coordinator. I'm sorry, I don't think Andy Reid, offensive coordinator, is where I'm looking because I think I know who's running that offense more often than not. And it's not Eric Bieniemy. I'm a little. I'm also a little bit scared, and I think this is going to be a problem with uh, maybe if they do end up going with somebody like Josh McDaniels. Is I'm always a little bit scared to hire the offensive mind that that coached a generational quarterback. When you have a guy like Tom Brady that you're that you have out there, it makes your scheme look a lot better. And I get it. McDaniels has a great scheme, and and Kevin Stefanski got an interesting scheme, maybe a little bit too close to close to North Turner for my liking, but. Whatever. You can love what Greg Roman has done with Lamar Jackson, but guess what? Greg Roman did it with Lamar Jackson. Josh McDaniels. He also did it with Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I'm like. Just, yeah. It, that, like, these guys, uh, when you do it with a very talent, I would like to see what they can do to elevate talent that is not that good. And Josh McDaniels, I think, is a guy that came into Denver and wanted to prove that he could be a head coach and now has gone back to New England 
The whole Colts thing scares me a little bit, but I, I think that he at least knows what it's like to be a head coach. And if you want to try and instill a new culture, I mean, you if you're trying to make it New England South, and in that roundtable with David Tepper, he said the phrase, what they do in New England, three or four times. And whether that was like he was trying to hint at he likes Josh McDaniel or whether he just wants, yeah, he just wants to be obviously the best franchise in professional sports for the last two decades, probably the latter. But to me, these it's I'm always a little bit scared of offensive guys that have coached a generational quarterback, and now you're bringing them in to coach Tyrod Taylor, and it doesn't quite go the same way. I, I think Phillip Rivers is going to listen to whoever – the, the head coach is because he's a veteran quarterback, you know, and brought in to lead this team next year. Josh isn't refusing to playing along. Love it. You, no, you, I'm, can, I'm you can drop Tyron yeah. Taylor, but I dropped Phillip Rivers and we get. I love it. You know? My watch just told me to breathe when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drink a glass of water. I'll be right back. I got a 14 bedroom house down in Ballantyne you can take a look at. It's going to be great. He can't afford to move here. There's just no way. He takes the bus, <laughs> <laughs> his bus full of kids. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, no, it's it was but worth it, it for the fun. for the for the Philip Rivers thing. No, but okay. So back to the you brought up Greg Roman now. And rule so two guys that have not been uh, NFL head coaches. So to right. me, if you're going to make that step with rule, we've seen with college guys. But again, it goes back to you better be sure that he can he can hold that room. Like if, if you're yeah. going to go that route, that can't be the mistake we make. Number one, yeah. draw draw up your list ten guys. And cross him off in my mind. If if you're looking at this guy because of his schematic mind, then cross him off. If you're looking at him because he's an adult and he can lead the room, keep him on that list. And then work off the schematics after that because the schematics will be overshadowed by a guy that wears a shirt that says Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh's fault. Like grow up, dude. Yeah. Grow up. You're you're the head coach. You're you're not on the team. All right. You're that's, leading the team. That stuff works on rivalry week when you're the coach. Yeah. And in, in high know? school. Well, no, or even in a college. Like I mean. If uh, if if Mac was wearing a Duck Fook jersey uh, t shirt underneath his uh, <laughs> underneath his track jacket doing his silly dances, I'm here for that. Well, it'd be, it would be different though if you know, say that hit one of his players had like jumped in the air and like elbowed somebody in the face and then like you know made him bleed and, uh, and, then, he was, and then he came up They're and upset. looked like he was and, then, and like, he wanted then, to murder somebody yeah. and then like wore a shirt <laughs> of like Hansbro bleeding. You know, yeah, I mean that would be, and yeah. then and then said that you know Gerald's the real victim. Like you know? to that concept of college versus pro. How many times do we roll our eyes when, like the the Texans went to New England wearing all their varsity jackets, or a team wears all black? And it's like, dude, you're gonna go see a whole bunch of other professionals, okay? So I just pipe down right now, all right? You're about to go into the den of the greatest team arguably to ever be assembled. Like, just grow, grow up, okay? They're going to a funeral. God, it's so stupid. You should put some funeral music in right there. No. We're only packing <laughs> one suit, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for, honestly, I'm all for having fun because you work so hard. I'm all for doing whatever it takes to get you amped up. But when you do gimmicky crap, you just look childish and stupid and not ready for the moment. And you're trying to prove that you're ready for the moment. You're like, no, you're not. You just proved it. And scene. And scene. <laughs> Let's take a break. Um, I can't wait to play the game. That's not after the break, but it's after, after. Yes, it's Twister. Yes. We'll be back. This week on the Carolina Line, the season is over, but the changes are a-coming. 
Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about culture, what this team needs to do in the head coaching search, changing the culture here. Need some D linemen. We're going to talk also a little story. I'm not getting out of my seat. So anybody who wants to take my seat, try me. Do oh. not try to get him out Don't of his try. seat. He is going to stand his ground. And I'll tell you a little story about how this fine old man right here outran a young pup and by the name of Jordan Gross. I actually was faster than him when we ran 40, so you get to hear the full story on how that happened. So tile in to Carolina Line. Greg Olson's future, what the guys need to do this offseason. Oh, didn't you beat Julius Peppers in a race once? I never beat Julius <laughs> Peppers. I competed with Julius. Who beat Julius? Who beat uh, him? Nobody. Nobody. Nothing. Nobody. Nobody here. I'm Kelly Bardick, Kevin Donnelly, Al Wallace. This is the Carolina Line. Make sure you uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Check us out. Let's talk GM world. Will the new GM, will that be bonded with the new coach? Is this a package deal? I think so. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, no heavens. By, by all means, Betsy. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Uncle Conk. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think they have already, I mean, Tepper has already kind of said the new coach is going to have a say in who the assistant GM and vice president of football operations is going to be. Um, to me, it's kind of a weird situation with what they're going to do with Marty. Is Marty going to be a uh, a college coach? Is he just the director of scouting now? Is he somehow involved in the Redskins coaching search? Like I like all these things. I'm just very confused about what's happening in the front office um, more than I am um, what's happening at head coach. At head coach, you know, like there are these six guys that they're kind of considering. One of them is not Perry Fuel and what's happening with this other position is like, if you hire Josh McDaniels, does he bring Nick Casario or um, the other Patriots guy whose name I'm blanking on at the time? At the I got moment? nothing for you. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You're doing um, great, sweetie. So thank you. <laughs> Spy, Spygate McGee. Does he bring him with, does he, does he bring the guy with the cameras with him? Or is that like, okay, well now we got to go out and do this separate search for an assistant GM. I think, Listen, you look at an NFL roster or a structure of the front office, it's obviously the owner, then whether it's the team president or the, and then the GM and then the head coach in regards to hierarchy. Having said that, I don't care how you order them, they all better be on the same page of the book. Because if you're all on different pages and the owner hires a GM and then the owner hires the coach without talking to the GM and the team president standing there looking at each other and you're not really running the same systems. You don't know what you want. You don't know what you like and you don't know each other. Good luck because you're now on the same team on the same team and forced to be on the same page. And it feels like a bunch of mag magnets that are attracting not against to each other, but away from each other. So whatever it is, I think they all have to work together. And I think David Tepper has that mind listen to him talk about the MLS and working with the city. He's like, this is a partnership. This is a group. And I know he needs to say that because he's getting, oh, I don't know, $110 million. I get that. But it, as much of an ego as anyone has and as a billionaire has, I think he's willing to put really smart people around him and know that he doesn't know everything, which I think is key to an ownership group as well. I, I'm still perplexed by the the whole Marty thing. When when everything happened with with Rivera being fired, and I hope I hope Ron doesn't end up in Washington. I hope he just gets to go to lots of uh, lots of nights out, stay stay in the presidential suite, get some good dinners all around. Uh, I hope he doesn't end up there. Um, but I, David Tepper was was always saying Marty's great. He is excellent at college evaluations, at college scouting. So I'm not sure how we are still, you know, a month later 
wondering if he's the GM because that does not sound like the de- description of the GM to me. Um, it sounds like the director of college scouting or something, you know, and if, if you give him a different title or whatever. But if that sounds like the position that he sees Marty in. So I, I, I think we're going to get a new GM and coach at the same time. And I would I really want that because it, I, it runs the risk of in three years you go, Oh well, I wasn't involved in this decision. It's just hundred percent. It's just the power struggle excuse, and it's like a built-in excuse. And if you do it now, then you're just building that in for for two or three years from now. That well, it was a little bit of a false start, and now we've got a power struggle. But now we're definitely on the same page. Nothing destroys a company or a team like ego does. An ego will destroy anything and everything in its path because you can't ever budge, you can't ever adjust, and you can't ever admit and you're wrong. And I guarantee you're always going to be wrong sometimes. So get on the same page now, work together, know what you know, know what you don't know, most importantly, and then hire that way. I'm not going to sit here and hire this, say, tell you to hire this guy and this guy, I'm telling you right now, because that is literally the definition of what I'm telling you that David Tepper shouldn't do, and I don't think he will do. Just for fun, I looked, uh, I tried to find out who that Patriots guy whose name I couldn't remember was. On Patriots.com, under front office, there's one guy, and it's Nick Casario. On Panthers.com, under front office, there's 15 guys. So it's, <laughs> it's just funny to me that the way that the Patriots just – that it's just very Patriots-y of just being like, yeah, we got one guy. He does everything. Nick Casario, you know his name? Yeah, that's him. He does everything. Good. Don't ask me. Do your job. The camera's pointed at the sidelines for another thing. It's no big deal. Sounds like if you go to the Ohio State compliance page versus the Northwestern compliance page, there's like the one name. No cats. <laughs> so happy Northwestern just brought up, and I didn't have to do it. This is, <laughs> this is awesome. This is so gold. Anyone that's listening to this that knows me is just rolling their eyes into the back of their head. Hopefully Roman Harper. <laughs> Marty 2.0, what do we think? Biggest successes, biggest failures this go around? Um, I'm really I'm really interested to see how this Shaq Thompson contract works out because I think that I've... It's pretty big. It's, it's really big, <laughs> and it kind of seems like something that Marty 1.0 would do. I know we're all like, oh, Marty 2.0 is, is a different guy, but that to me is like... I don't know. You're rewarding an off-ball linebacker. I get it when you already have Luke Keekley. So maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, we need if, – if the thought is we need more adults in the room that are that's going to transition into this next era, then that's fine. Personally, I would have chosen Bradbury over Thompson, but I think, I think I've made that clear over the course of the season whenever we talked about free agency. Um, but I think that is – that's kind of what they're doing. To me, the, the, the biggest question is going to happen this offseason with Cam because – whether or not they think that Cam Newton is healthy and all of this talk around the city and you go in the locker room today and Gerald McCoy says, you know, if they let Cam walk, that'll be the dumbest thing they ever did. And any organization that lets Cam Newton go is dumb. Like those are the kind of things that other players around the league think. And I wonder just off the top of my head is does David Tepper look at this kind of stuff and think to himself, Oh, well, you know, I'm, if we just if if I if I ship him out, how does that make me look around the rest of the league? Because and not only that, you talk about the fan base, you talk about the I mean they have the billboards up. It's all it's all kind of projecting towards this thing, which is the opposite of what we think that David Tepper is, which is cold businessman. He's going to make the right decision because he knows that Cam's shoulder isn't right. And but maybe 
I don't know. I mean, we all, I mean, he couches everything with if Cam Newton is healthy, right? I mean, that's the couch that you hear from every single person that has ever talked about Cam Newton in the locker room over the past three weeks. Whenever you ask about Cam, it's like, well, when Cam's healthy, he's the best quarterback in the league. And you're 100% correct. He, when Cam is healthy, he's an MVP level quarterback, but Cam has not been healthy since what, 2016? And now we're in next season's 2020. Cam Newton's healthy. It's a great value at $19 million. Wall, you're just so close to the wall, you're just slamming your head against it, and you can't read it. It just is a bad look. But when it goes to Marty, I think that's like the toughest question because so many injuries have happened. Mm-hmm. That it's just – it's almost unfair to really answer that question. I mean, what do you want to say? The defensive line was bad. Well, going into the season, best offensive line we've seen in – or defensive line we've seen in a really long time. Best <laughs> offensive line, too. That's I think a thought. lot of people yeah. – they. I mean, you look at – they. Greg Little, who drafted him in the second round, if Greg Little starts 16 games at left tackle, it looks a lot better than it does when he starts four and people are think it's a, he's a bust. And did anybody know? And any, we all think we know quite a bit about football. Did anybody know Darrell Williams was going to be as bad as he was or even Trey Turner coming off the year that he had last year? Or Matt Paradis. Can you just predict that? all that? I mean, I know that's your job. I get it. Blah, 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 blah. Well, it's still to a to point just kind of predicting the future. At a certain point, you are you think you have to know certain things, and you cannot know that Matt Paradis, who has been one of the best centers in the league, mm-hmm. is going to come back and be, I mean, arguably, if not one of the worst centers in the league, certainly on the bottom half of centers. And you're paying him. He he was remember in the offseason, we looked at him as like the steal of the offseason. Right. The underrated contract that's going to prove the Panthers right. Marty 2.0. And then it doesn't work out, and it's we're ready to throw everybody under the bus. I, my thing is, if as long as everybody has the same vision, that's all that counts. And just like you guys said, you can't. it's hard to get the same vision when Marty's still here and you're bringing in new people around him. My biggest, real quick, my biggest knock on Marty before you go is they didn't address the backup quarterback position that we hammered and David Tepper hammered in last offseason. We saw this play out. And then I thought they reached on Will Greer. I didn't think Will Greer was going to be a starting NFL quarterback coming in. and Maybe he will be. I hope he is. I never not want anybody not to be great. But I, mean, I think that was their biggest failure was addressing that position, and it came back to be the most important position was the backup quarterback. And if you want to draft a quarterback at 100, they drafted the wrong one because Jared Stidham is the only other quarterback on the roster in New England as the mm-hmm. primary backup to Tom Brady, whereas Will Greer couldn't beat out Kyle Allen in camp. So if you want, if you needed to draft a backup quarterback at 100, I'm fine with that, but you drafted the wrong one. From the land of impossible or questions are impossible to answer. I, I really wonder how much Brandon Bean's departure was a big part in this. Because, boy, if that if that team doesn't look like they're well put together yeah. up there in Buffalo, while I look at this roster and go, looks a little old, looks a little tired, looks a little just kind of piecing it together here. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the guy that should have been the Panthers' GM. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm not I, I, that's not it. a separate decision. But I, I, I really – I don't – I'm not interested in Marty Herney going forward. But they have I'm a quarterback. Just, you know, and yeah. I, every one of these discussions that we have, it's no coincidence that every failure, if you will, every struggle has started once Cam got injured. Every single one of them. Sure, sure. So I mean, it, it, until it, it, you have a quarterback, you're just not going to be good no matter what. I mean, I, I think I would be sound like a whole mm-hmm. – I sound 
like I'm on your side when we talk about Rivera. <laughs> so like I, I'm, I'm the same guy when we talk about Rivera. But at this point, if we're starting new, we're starting a culture where we're looking out 25 years. Just let, let's go. Let's let's it's time. It's just make the change. And because again, if you leave Marty, it's building in the excuse. They're like, well, you know, we gave Marty a chance. You know, no, you gave you gave Ron a chance. You gave get rid of these excuses. It's time for these decisions of David Tepper to be the identity of this team. And that means starting fresh. You're and you're you're doing everything else to start fresh. If Cam goes, Greg Olson's going to go. Thomas Davis already went. You got who's left over? It's Luke and CMC. Well, but even Christian has only been here for the past two years. Yeah. It's not like Christian McCaffrey is part of the old guard of oh, the well Carolina then, Panthers. Well, then it's, then it's KK, like it. it's, it's Trey. It's, yeah, KK and Trey, right? But those guys, they're out there. JJ Jansen. Yeah, well, I mean, JJ's not going anywhere. He hasn't had a bad snap <laughs> since 2008. Uh, I, I, you will not cut JJ Jansen. You do anything else you want with this roster, but you keep JJ Jansen in that corner locker by the showers asking us if we want to talk about finance. I'm there for that for the next decade. Best conversationalist in the, in the locker room by far. 100%. Faith. Finance, politics, football, kids—you name it—he's he, got it all. He has a take on on literally everything. So that's pretty uh, awesome. I'm I'm here. I'm very JJ pro JJ. We are a pro <laughs> JJ Jansen podcast, and also hashtag Man Hurts Hive. That's so true. Yes. I was waiting for that every um, episode. But like, what was that you said about holding on to people too long? Because you <laughs> loved them. Was that? I'll hold on to the long snapper. There you that's go. Why, that's why you're the uh, podcaster of the year. That's right. Not the GM of the We're year. We're in a new year now, baby. <laughs> Defend your title. New year, new you, Josh. But everybody else is gone, and Marty is still here. And you are and you are going to have these things of like, oh, well, well, you know, like if Shaq Thompson, this injury lingers, right? So whatever he's got, his shoulder, his foot, his whatever he's got. So let's say next year he's – He's bad, and then when you head into 2021, you're trying to do this fresh rebuild, and Shaq Thompson ha- is getting paid $20 million a year, and it's a huge albatross while you say, well, it's Marty. I mean, that's – Vernon Butler wasn't – Who's going Ver- that? I didn't draft Vernon Butler. I mean, I, Vernon, that's left over from Dave Gettleman. I mean, look at, what the, look at what the joints are doing. Vernon Butler gone yet? Looking, looking at the contracts for 2020 oh. – so the, the top 11 salaries. We're going to go through this quick. We're going to do this quick. Here we go. Rip it off. Rip top, off that The band. top 11. Like, so basically, these are, the, these are the veteran contracts. You have CMC, Luke, and Shaq, which are guaranteed to return. You have KK, Trey, and Paradis, which because of cap implications, even if you You're were – You're talking Trey Boston or Trey Turner when you Trey Turner. Trey okay, Boston okay. should nev- yeah. never never infer that I was saying that he would be <laughs> guaranteed employment. Um, but that, because of bad cap implications, so those those six are off the off, kind of off the board. They're going to be here next year. Mm-hmm. That leaves Cam, Dontari Poe, Greg Olson, Eric Reed, Graham Gano, and Jarius Wright. Now with Cam, you you it'll cost you two million, but you save nineteen. Poe, it'll cost you three and a third, but it'll save you almost ten. Olson, three point seven million in dead money, but you save almost eight. Eric Reed would cost you five, and you'd save three million. Gano, it'll cost you three to save one point four. God bless that contract. <laughs> and Jarius Wright would cost you just under or just under two thirds of a million to save you three million dollars. So of those guys, Cam, Poe, Olson, Reed, Gano, and Jarius Wright. Who's coming back? I, I think it's a no-brainer for me. Graham Gano. 
Nailed it. <laughs> You're not sticking by Sly? Just like Gano will nail all the field goals, I just nailed my prediction. What did, I mean, what did you just say? You said so, you lose three to save 1.4, right? Yeah, so you, I mean, it's three million in dead money. You get 4.5 million. Right. I mean, so then Sly's, so Sly's out the door. Sure. Sure. Whatever. It's your kicker. It's a, right. You've got to spend money somewhere. But, it's a floor. But I think Don Terry Poe is gone. Yep. So you can save $10 million. Agreed. Agreed. Sure. Cam, I still think. I think Cam's I, back. Oh my! Oh man! Well, here's my here's why I say oh, that. Boy. Here's why I say that. Who who's who's the quarterback? Even not is, is he on this roster? No, oh, will no. someone's not a listener to one day contract? I, but Kyle, oh, great, right? Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen will be the. Well, they they both could be here, but I find I'm fine with Kyle Allen as the backup quarterback. Right, fine. Sure. Who's yeah. the starter? Philip Rivers, Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and then yeah. then fine. I'm in. There is I mean, no all guy. I'm saying is there all has I'm, to be an answer. Exactly. That's yes. all I'm saying is so I'm I'm fine with Cam because he makes below the average. And I don't think if Cam's everything starts with Cam is an if. Right. If Cam's healthy, then fine. M- but I love the answer of Philip Rivers. I've always been a Philip Rivers. It fan. always does. If Cam is healthy, and I we yeah. are we are big believers. I don't believe Cam Newton is healthy. I don't either. I, I don't think that. I, I, I think, think his that, shoulders worse than his, arguably his foot. Thank you, Will. <laughs> you are a welcome to the show. <laughs> no, the, yeah, the, the foot is all about. He can get healed from that. Yes. So he he can show the Instagram videos me run, baby, me run. of him running and looking good on the foot. The foot we, is fine. Can you don't remember worry about the foot? How excited we got. I mean, think about this. In training camp, when he threw a 40-yard pass as an <laughs> NFL an MVP prayer. quarterback, it was like, oh, my God, you guys see what Cam did? He threw the ball 40 yards. With all due with, – listen, as a high school quarterback, I could throw the ball 45, Uncle 50 Brian. yards. I mean, it's not the an achievement is what I'm Uncle saying. No, but, but, but what screwed high school us – Uncle Rico ain't got nothing. You know Four saying? touchdowns, <laughs> state high school championship, poke high school rules. There's not – a quarterback in America at the high school level that can't do that is what I'm saying. But the problem right? was, but what like there screwed, is no, but what screwed <laughs> Panther fans about that day was that oh, all the players were talking about it too. There was like hubbub was, within the and Captain Munderland came in town, and Captain's like, he back, looks like he's back, back to his old self. And then and then that's what screwed the Panther fans. It was the, it was the reaction of the, the teammates. Yeah, I don't that, think I, I think his shoulders done. Mm-hmm. And, if, that, and and so if I was Cam, this is the reason I think he's gone. Because if I was if I was Cam's agent, I wouldn't let him play next year yep. without a new deal. Nope. We don't think his shoulders healthy. I, I wouldn't give him the new deal. That's the impasse we're at. It's not about the wanting the Cam Newton era to end. Yep. I'd be glad if he wants to play in the final year of his contract. Love it. It'd be freaking great. Here for it. Uh, I mean, at least for the first three weeks. Um, but, I'm here for it for the whole season. I'm well, here no, for the whole gonna season. Fall off. No, his shoulder's going to fall off. Well, but at least we'll have an answer. It's just like putting Will Greer out there for the past two weeks. It's like, at least now you know. At least you, you see it on your TV. You weeks of left-handed Cam? <laughs> at least you see it out there. Do and you so, so the mechanics are going to be. If Cam comes out and looks like he did for the last eight weeks of 2018, then you don't have billboards going up next offseason. We I'm have, sorry, but you don't. We have we we always say that you know one if is fine, two ifs is you're stretching it. We've gone through too many if Cam is healthy 100%. times for me to be- believe until I see Cam Newton on a football field healthy. That's it. I, you know what's so funny is it, that reminds me of on the Fox 46 of your time show. at high school quarterback. <laughs> God, I wish best times of my life. Nip hop football rules. <laughs> um, was Roman Harper and I were breaking down the roster of this team. And I swear, now thinking back on it, we circled the offensive line. We're like, if they stay healthy, if Cam's healthy, if the linebacker core is healthy, if sure. And there were so many ifs going back. The only if we didn't really circle was like, 
you know, is if if uh, Christian McCaffrey. We we knew what we were getting with Christian McCaffrey. You go around the league in the NFL, like, we know Tom Brady's gonna be good. We know that that Bill Belichick's gonna be good. And that defense is gonna be good. There were so many ifs circling on that board. You look back on it like, oh really? We predicted ten wins. Yeah, no, I mean, but that's the thing is if. We assumed that Cam Newton was going to be healthy. We assume you always assume the best, and I'm sure that seven months from now we'll be sitting in this same room, being like, "Let me tell you about how Matt <laughs> Paradis is going to bounce back." They, at, they got veteran leadership in that locker room. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor has never looked better, and there's a reason for that. One, we're kind of fans, and two, we want to cover something that's good. Like we don't want to be like oh, this team sucks. Like because one, we're selling a product, whether it's the podcast or our pregame show. So there's a multiple layers that go into that as well. And we want them to be good. So for whatever this is like, oh, I mean, just ripping on them. Well, you tell me something good to say about this team. <laughs> and I'll say it. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? I tried to give Christian McCaffrey all the props, and the team wouldn't do it. it you know, The team fell asleep in the stadium. You know how David Tepper could win me over? Oh, oh daddy, go Here on. Here we go. Give it to me, Cousin with, Colin. With the, <laughs> with, with the seventh pick, eighth pick, where are we at? Seventh pick, right? Seventh pick. Seventh pick. Safety. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's it. That's it. That's all I need. A safety. Oh, there is like a, fur, a guy creeping into the top 15 at safety, and you Mr. just reach Mr. for him. Mr. Delpit? Wait till he yeah. runs in his underwear. He'll be top 10 oh, before boy. you know God, the dumbest thing ever, the NFL combine. It's, I got like, like, you got four years of football on this guy, but... Now, all of a sudden, he did a lift thing in a, in a, in a spandex run. You're like, yep, knew it. I got what, th- him playing football wasn't enough to know he wasn't, was or wasn't good at football? Stop. Three guys I want at, at the seventh pick, and if I don't like any of – if none of those three guys are there, I'm trading the hell down. I'm taking 75 cents on the dollar even. I don't care if it's not exact value. I'm trading down. I need more picks. I need, I need more picks than one than – one Safety is going to give me at the seventh round. This team is more than one piece away. Yeah, couldn't, Josh and I were talking about this the other day, leaving the stadium. Like, I know you're joking, but we were talking about like when Trey signed, we were like, they got that missing piece on that defense. Well, we look at the roster now. This team needs all the offensive linemen, all the defensive linemen, a quarterback. They don't only need those positions. They're the most positions in, in football. They need all of the positions at the most important spots. Like, it's crazy. I could make the I could make the argument mm-hmm. given the given the, the amount of change that that you're talking about that, that, that Marty should already have been fired. Like, what are we doing here? Like, if this is the level of change that we've got going on here, Good if point. we're cutting edge, if we're going forward, like at least start putting that first brick because that guy's gonna have to pick a quarterback maybe this year. You're going like, to pick a quarterback let, every year until you have one that's that you know is yours for the next five to six years. Every year you pick a quarterback, whether it's the first. Or the seventh round. You're picking one every single year until you know you have one. Or if, you sign one in free agency that maybe used to play for the Bills and then is maybe the backup. He. Maybe he plays for the Los Angeles Chargers right now, but it's not Phillip Rivers. Tara Taylor plays for the, for the Chargers. <laughs> I actually did not know where he even yeah. was right now. I was sitting here trying to think, like, and where it's is Tyrod. he? I Googled it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love Phillip Rivers to be here. I love that dude. That dude is spunky. He's got some fire. Spun, spunky is. <laughs> that's what you want got, your quarterback. Choose your words proof. carefully. <laughs> the proof is in his pudding. I don't know. His post game that he did Sunday when he started crying, I'm not going to lie. I, I may have started crying yeah, watching it a little bit. That dude's a man. He is. He is. Any final thoughts before we go to game? Yes. Um, just like what I started this segment with, making the, the decision to let Cam go 
is going to be the decision that defines Marty 2.0 if he's allowed to make it. And it will also define what David Tepper's ownership looks like for the first decade. So listen to me. Marty 1.0 gave gave a gave an aging quarterback that was coming off Tommy John surgery what 6 years 45 million which at the time was huge now would be hilarious uh if you offer Cam Newton 6 years 45 million I like Kemba. by the way if he will take that sign him, sign him. <laughs> if, if he'll take 6 years 45 then like, yes bring him on back steal. bring him on bring him on back the disrespect is real is okay all right I'm going to try and answer my own question is Marty just the meat shield because if we if if we're right about Cam Someone's someone's got to take that. Someone's got to take that bullet. Oh boy, here we go. That's a spicy take that I had never thought of. See, before. see, Nikki says I keep the microphone rolling. This is why. Like Marty is the meat shield, right? It could be the meat shield. Oh, I'm not sure that I stop saying picture. meat shield. I know, right? What? It's got to be a different way to put that, right? Look, if David Tepper is willing to fire Ron Rivera so he can say something in an MLS press conference, you know, make himself feel better, then then, then he's willing to use a guy as a meat shield. Yes. <laughs> Yum. Fired Ron Rivera because he thought that they might squeak out two more wins in for Ron, but yeah, they they didn't. And no, I mean play. it didn't work backfire at all. They did exactly what he wanted them to do. They went five and eleven. Yeah, Your guy true, Josh asked. True. It's uh, true. Yeah. 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 So in, in Ron's de- defining game, at the very end, you know, against Drew Brees, Sean Payton, and had a rookie kicker that may not even be back on the roster next year, missing kicks all over the place, and yeah, that's By the way, how you I think you keep Joey Sly. Sure. Absolutely. Who cares? It's yeah, the kicker. <laughs> Josh, stop, Rob. Josh, take this seriously. It's the kicker <laughs> Wait on a four and twelve okay. team. Who cares? Okay. Ah! Like, no, no. Okay, How dare you? It would, from anyone else. From anyone else, that take would be fine, except for the fact that the guy that snaps the ball for the kicker. Warned, he stays. warned a three-minute rant from you because he gets you an interest rate. <laughs> it's personal. Before we go to the game, can I we will talk? not have slander on JJ Jam. <laughs> <laughs> not on this podcast. Is the game the end of it, or can we do one more topic? Because I want to talk about the in-game experience. Come on, or the lack thereof. Come yeah, on, go. So during the game on Sunday, Chris we call McCaffrey, this Uncle Kunk's corner. <laughs> Uncle's corny, I'm in. Come sit in my lap, Josh. Come sit in my lap. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Just keep your hands to yourself. (laughs) All right. So during the game on Sunday, Christian McCaffrey became the third NFL player in history of the 100 years of the NFL to become part of the 1,000 1,000 club. He's arguably, just for argument's sakes, the greatest Panther player ever, just because he's a part of that club. The in-game moment when he did that was the was literally non-existent. They didn't even stop the game. They didn't acknowledge it. If you're a fan and you go to that game, you go to that game to see that moment. You're not going, unless you're just a diehard fan like Nikki. you're not going to that game to see good football. You're going to see Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Christian McCaffrey on your team become the third player in NFL history. They glossed over it like nothing. The in-game experience at the Panthers games, sucks. It is so boring. It's absolutely pathetic to go if you're a fan. So why are you going to spend your money and go to these games? And when there's NFL history, not Panther history, NFL history being made, and the Panthers absolutely gloss over it. There's a million, there's a couple reasons why it may have been they waited till after the drive to acknowledge it, but then even then the acknowledgement sucked. It was so bad. I felt bad for Christian McCaffrey, and I felt horrible for the fans because – don't you don't even make it about Christian McCaffrey, even though it's all about Christian McCaffrey. Make it about the fans. Make the in-game experience fun. Make that moment why P 
people came to the game. And I was so disappointed in the, in the Panthers in, in that moment, and that's it. Well, the game, the game, I think, by and large, just in sports in general, is becoming more and more overlooked. I mean, we just take it, it's just taken for granted. Like, they're going to show up and play on Monday, but the other stuff, the Instagram, the socials, the, the behind the scenes, that's the stuff that's driving things now. And, and the game itself is, is harm, not just in the instance where you're talking about, but I mean, replay at this point. You no longer have that moment in the stadium where, oh, there's a touchdown, the arms go up, boom, like at least 50% of it, ho, 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 whoa, whoa. we know there's going to be a review, we yeah. know, right. it's all right, cool. You know, it's not like the old days, you know, at the Park Center watching Ric Flair pen somebody, one, two, three, and it's over. It's like, one, two, three, wait a minute, all right, hold up, all right, <laughs> we're going to take three minutes, we're going to come back, everybody's going to be sitting down on the sidelines, and then we're going to tell you, and then you can celebrate. Or maybe we won't tell you, and we'll go to the other direction, because that's the way replay is too. The game, in-game experience has become so taken for granted, and the people that go are are, are taken for granted, particularly here. Sure. I think, I mean, in this in this city, I really think across the board. And I think the fact that the the Panthers are competing, quote unquote, against the Hornets is one reason why they they've gotten lulled into this sense where that's okay. And the problem, and you can't be that way because too many fans here going to a Panthers game is a hobby. It's not an experience one because they don't make it experience. They're not that many diehard fans here. So it's a hobby. It's something to do. And if they're good, a lot of hobby fans will seem like diehard fans. And then they'll fall off and they'll come back when they're good. So, Nikki, when you were there yesterday, tell me you weren't completely – like, it was so anticlimactic. It was. And one thing we kept saying was I wish there was, like, a, almost like a, a constant countdown Hundred, Yes. So that's what I did on Twitter. I did on Twitter. I did five out, five out of 67, five out of – six out of 67, ten out of 67 yards. If Drew Brees broke a record, which when he's broken all of them, mm-hmm. they, Against us. they stop <laughs> – Everything. There are police on the field. There are there are videos paid. He's yeah. he's no, you're kissing exactly babies. Right. You're like, exactly how disappointed right. were you yet on Monday? I really was. Sunday. And if it weren't for you guys on Twitter, like I was keeping our entire section up with it because we couldn't keep track of what was going on. And we were like, we wish there was like a countdown for this. And then when it even happened, like the guy behind me actually thought it was the catch before that and got excited and lost his wedding ring celebrating. Oh my god! See. You know, like, so... Oh, that makes me so mad yeah. because if you're the guy that is in charge of any of this, at me on Twitter, Will Kunkel, Fox 46, <laughs> all of it, take this personally because the game on Sunday and the greatest moment, arguably, in Panthers history, for you know, in, in regards to setting records, was pathetic. Like, be ashamed of what you did in your job because... A guy lost his wedding ring because you sucked so badly. <laughs> and, and, God. and how did this season start? And how did this season start with, oh, Dave Tepper now celebrating the history of the team, bringing back Steve Smith, Jake DeLome. See, we care about the history. See, I care about the history. And then it actually happens for your team in your stadium. It was pathetic. It was so pathetic. Was the midfield logo this season or was that last season? Last Last season. season. Okay, all right, sorry. I just couldn't remember. But again, another easy win that people were clamoring for that he took. I'm not mad at him for it. Fine, the logo's at midfield now. I don't feel any different. And guess what? It didn't make the in-game experience any better, did it? The easy, the easy things, the easy questions have all been answered by David Tepper, and he has made all of the easy decisions. All the decisions from here on out are hard. And it's what he what decisions he makes – right or wrong, are going to define the next decade of what it's like to be a Carolina Panthers fan, and he's going to make two of them in the next three months. And it it's going to be cha- life-changing for 
what it means to be a Panthers fan, what it means to follow this team, what it means to cover this team, what it means to be a, involved with the Carolina Panthers because the midfield logo, the fifth quarter, the even like even Thomas Davis like that what like yeah, that wasn't a, an easy decision and it turned out to maybe be the wrong one, but it wasn't insane, right? He was an older guy, you thought he was going to retire, you, you let him move on. Okay, great. But these this Cam decision and this next coach decision are huge and hard and it's going to be tough for him to hit both of them out of the park. He said when he, when he fired Ron Rivera, it's time for him to put his mark on this team. This offseason is what's going to – Ron Rivera will ultimately be a footnote in the David Tepper era. But this offseason will be the start of whatever it is going forward to be a Carolina Panther fan. My Brendan su- Fraser. <laughs> My suggestion for the in-game experience, because this is such a young city, is go to a college game – Hire the greatest in-game, whoever does their in-game stuff, whatever song they play, just steal it all. Who gives a crap? <laughs> Use it, play Sandstorm like K-State does at their basketball games at every moment or jump around like they do at Wisconsin in between the third and the fourth. Whatever it is, I don't care. No one's not going to the game because it's too loud and it's too exciting. Like, no South, one's going to be like, oh, South Carolina has the claim locally on Sandstorm. It's the only CD you're allowed to play <laughs> in the entire state. <laughs> whatever it is, the gas go hire that person that makes that experience awesome. Like, yeah. You build traditions. Ugh. You build yeah. traditions by doing them first, and everybody thinks they're lame when nobody does it. And guess what? We went to San Francisco in 2017. That wasn't a great experience. 2019, we go out there this year, and before the uh, the team comes out of the tunnel, the guy gets on the PA and he goes, "Don't forget, 49ers fans. We say the last name of every player as they come out of the tunnel, and then they're like, and at quarterback, Jimmy." Garoppolo! And the crowd goes crazy. It's corny. Next year, it sounds corny. It but. sounds super corny, but next year, they're not going to have to tell the crowd. Yes. Or yeah. two years from now, they're not going to have to tell the crowd. They don't have to tell the Broncos fans, hey, after each incomplete pass, we chant incomplete super obnoxiously. They don't do that. <laughs> they, they just do it. But at some point, they had to be told to do it. So you have to tell the Panthers fans, okay, when we do the keep pounding drum, when we pound... You hit the chair, or you yell keep, or you do whatever you're going to do. Right. But if you don't do any of those things, then you end up just sitting on your hands and losing your wedding rings for the for the wrong pass. Let's start with this. Be loud on third down. Be quiet when your team's on offense. Not that that's an issue. And be loud when your team comes out of the tunnel. I'll never forget last year I talked to Mike Adams at a charity event. And that, that Monday night football game, when the Panthers were still in it against the Saints. You guys remember that game, right? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It was the biggest game of the season by far. And Mike Adams said that he ran out of the tunnel, looked around, and said, all right, boys, we're in this alone tonight. Because it was so underwhelming when they came out of the tunnel. How disappointing and embarrassing is that as a fan? Because they just shrugged their shoulders and say, all right, it's just it's us tonight, boys. That's what they said to each other. That like – physically like, that, like breaks my heart right well <laughs> i mean think about that your team's coming out and you're let's do battle as a diehard fan right nikki yeah and your safety ah it's just us tonight boys and that's their first thought is more is a decompression of this sucks but it starts it starts with you who fan that is listening to one day contract on the riot report because next year it's going to be hard to be a Panthers fan. Yes. But you still got to go out there. You still got to go to a bar and watch the game. Still got to wear your Panthers gear. Still got to go to the game. Still got to come to the tailgate. 
you you if you want to uphold the what it means to be a Panthers fan, you got to still do it when the team is bad. Right. And <laughs> you didn't do <laughs> didn't do it yesterday. Uh, when it was raining and the team was five and nine. I was there was more people there than I thought there would be. And there saying was a lot it, of black and gold. Well, <laughs> that was the other thing. There, there was a lot of New Orleans fans, but um, I, there were more people than I thought would be there, which saying that out loud now, I'm like, I can't even believe I'm saying That's that. That's a bad you sentence. Know? You know, it wasn't as, I'll save the other one for you. It wasn't as crappy as. I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, that's like, you know. Yeah. You tell a, uh, Cam Newton as quarterback feels a lot sweeter when you live through Jimmy Clausen and Matt Moore mm-hmm. and Vinny All Testaverde. Relative, right? I bought PSLs that year. The, fir- the first year yeah. of Cam Newton, I bought PSLs. Smart. Good investment. Not anymore. Not anymore. But Not- I guess you got rid of them. They were. <laughs> they were for a I few I can only years. afford them for one year. It was a one-year experiment. <laughs> During the, Was- the Redskins game, there was a moment, I can't remember what other media member noticed this with me. I think it was, it was Will Bryan. There was a call, and then it was overturned in the Redskins' favor, and the crowd got so loud that the Panthers' defense actually thought it went in their favor, and they ran back on the field for like 10 yards and realized, oh, it's the Redskins' fans cheering, not ours. The Redskins' fans were so loud it fooled the entire defensive unit. This <laughs> this Uncle Hunk's corner sucks. <laughs> Makes giving me you sad. the facts, bro. Now that we're all depressed, let's do an uplifting game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is I Want You Back. Yay. Which is, it's Backstreet Boys, right? Yeah, I Want You Back is yeah. sung by Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Jackson yeah. 5. Okay, you're absolutely right. Well, I, for, a, for a moment, I thought it was insane. No, it's the Jackson 5. Jackson 5. The Jackson I want it that five. way. I want it that way is Backstreet no, Boys. No, there is an NSYNC or Backstreet that is I Want You Back, too. Oh, you're right. It is. There is a Backstreet Boys. Is Damn that? it. That is not yes. what I was thinking of. Yeah, you're right. Yes. There is. Prove it. Yeah, she got hum us a couple bars. Up. Prove it. Yeah, okay. Um, at the end of the show. Um, <laughs> so for I Want You Back. Wait, are you blending Backstreet's back and I, or wait, I Want It That Way? No. Josh, just put that underneath there at this no. moment. <laughs> it, is, it is in sync. Yeah, just post-production. Throw that in there. <laughs> See, uh, producer, producer John, that you're listening, just uh, get that done. See, but is that him behind the glass? Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. yes. Give this a thumbs up. Don't worry, guys. So for I Want You Back, each panel will pick one free agent to bring back. Who oh. wants to go first? Colin, because oh, you have boy, a sheet. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't Jumble know. up your sheets. Yeah, I'll go sheet. first. Um, I think the Panthers should bring back Greg Van Roten. And let me tell you why. Because, A, hashtag GBR content. And, two, um... Just like we talked about, this team is not going to be great. But obviously, in, you talk about the offensive line and continuity and how important that is. And when you have two young guys, and I think that if you are ready to give up on Greg Little, you're wrong. Um, give him another year of being injured before you start calling him injury prone. Um, and if you're going to have a essentially a rookie starting at left tackle and another young guy in Taylor Moten, you can have you can bring him back for what I would assume is going to be very fairly cheap. Uh, you know, obviously if it's going to be, if it's going to be five years, 50 million, then probably not. But if right. I think you can bring him back for two, 3 million a year and you got to pay some of these guys something, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think everybody, the, the, the overwhelming, uh, sentiment on Twitter that you'll hear for the next three months, the phrase that pays other than if cam's healthy is going to be, well, I'll bring him in for the vet minimum. Right? I mean, that's what everybody says. Well, you know, I'll be sure. If Jeremy McCoy wants to come in well, and play for the Red Minimum, I'd, I'd, but, yeah, that'd be fine with me. But that's a defense mechanism, too, against the 
hey, do you want to bring so-and-so in? No. Well, what if he plays for the vet minimum? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, okay, fine. fine. I right. will. Sure. Like, Again, yeah. yeah. Cam's extension is six years, 45 mil. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Like, if so you the, give him the DeLome deal, I'm down for it. <laughs> I also um, enjoy him on Twitter. Who? DeLome? No, GBR. Mm. Oh, yeah. He's good stuff. I just found a dryer sheet in my sleeve. <laughs> you guys want this? It smells good. No wonder I smell so good today. We didn't bring you anything. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Nick. <laughs> I don't know if this counts because he's, he's an exclusive rights free agent, but I think Kyle Allen is probably the answer to for me. Sure. Is the most important guy to bring back. Just Not because I want him to be the, the starter, but because I think he's the he's by far the closest thing we've got to a starter right now. By the way, I think you should bring back all the exclusive rights free agents, obviously, except for Joey Sly, because I think that Graham Gano is going to be the kicker. But um, <laughs> but I think when you look at wow. guys like um, like Kyle Allen, F.A. Abada is on that list, Reggie Bonifant, obviously. I think Cole Luke can can be a, the 40th Can't guy in your roster. Can't not bring back Marcus Ball. Yeah, of course, when you got a guy like Kid O'Brien that's out there. <laughs> but like these are guys that, whatever, you sign them for <laughs> for the vet minimum, and they come in and they, they – if you can get contributors – out of your exclusive rights free agents, which I think a few of them can be. A backup quarterback is a contributor. Backup running back is a contributor. Mm-hmm. A rotational defensive end is a contributor. Because usually these guys that you sign as the 40th through 53rd guy on the roster, they are not contributors. But if you can get F.A. Abada in here for 750000 850000 whatever the whatever his tender is, you bring him in 10 times out of 10. Well, and, and this is another example. We can sit here and do the, the exercise of who you bring back and pick them on an individual basis. But the reality is we don't even know what this team's going to – what schemes they want it's to so play. True. There are so many decisions that have to be made. Like You can't even begin to look at this until you know what the guy that is going to be picking wants. That's why I picked GVR because you are going to need a guard <laughs> next year. I don't care whether it's Josh McDaniels, Matt Rule – uh, whether Mac Brown's coming, drive, making the drive down from Chapel Hill, whether Tyrod Taylor's going to be player coach, you're going to want a guy <laughs> we can lining up between left tackle and center. You know, Larry Fedora's had some time to cool off. <laughs> <laughs> Cooled way off. <laughs> I would I would go on the defensive side of the ball, and I would say either Gerald McCoy, because of what he does in the locker room and what he will do with a new regime coming in, and how he will lead a bunch of new people and teaching them the culture and what needs to be done, what doesn't need to be done in that locker room. Or I would go almost the opposite end of that reasoning and go Bruce Irvin because this team needs an F you guy. This team needs some anger and some meanness and some toughness because there are a lot of really nice guys on this team, which is awesome for us and really bad for the football field. I think just Bruce Irvin is that dude that has a mean edge to him, and every team needs that guy. Including the Hornets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cody's got some F you to him. Dadgummit. Yeah. Hey, man, you dropped the ball. Uh, fudge <laughs> you, you, referee. You out of well, at least ball. I get two free throws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shoot like 60%. Waiting for him to walk in here. I'm gone. <laughs> Walking in. Will, where can everyone find you on the Twitters and whatnot? Ooh, Twitter, Will Kunkel, Fox 46, and Instagram, Will Kunkel. And obviously, watch Fox 46's pregame show because we're not boring and we're awesome. We're a lot of fun with Roman Harper, Josh Sims. We do a lot of fun stuff there. And then, of course, we do around the track during NASCAR season. And then the 5, 6, and 10 o'clock, of course, uh, every single night. And 
Listen, man, we sit on the couch and we talk just like this for a lot shorter period of time throughout the show. <laughs> People love the length of this podcast. They we listen sit, to it in chunks. They parse it out throughout the day like brownies. Our show is a lot more energ- energizing from a local news standpoint than a lot of others in the area. Josh and I have a lot of fun just sitting on the couch talk what you guys talk about. So, Josh number two? Yes, yes, exactly. Josh Klein's been on our pregame show quite a bit. It's, that's right. We Josh number one. That's why they call me Josh number one. Roman Big called dog. Josh number two the other day, and Josh nearly went to commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, Big dog? Uh, yeah, you can find me at... Oh, Big, whoa, whoa, at whoa, whoa, the, whoa. Wait, whoa. The whoa, Big Dog whoa, on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> really? Big dog got a bark. Uh, <laughs> Really? It, this is fantastic. It's, it's part of Nikki's contract. I'm so upset that the season's over now. Like every time I walk in the media room, Joe, Jordan, big dog. <laughs> you wouldn't be the only one. <laughs> He's really hoping to get it to stick. So <laughs> yeah, the more people that know, the better. Uh, you can find me at Josh Klein Rules on Twitter. You Look can... a little bit like Clifford. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Go on. I, I am blushing. Um <laughs> Uh, I would encourage everybody to uh, check out. I know, obviously, everybody's uh, interest wanes in the offseason, but it's going to be a very interesting offseason, so I would encourage everyone to uh, pay attention to theriotreport.com. Um, we'll be back uh, not all the time, but certainly we'll be checking in. But a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for what is going to be the next chapter in the Carolina Panthers. That's it. Not Cousin Colin? <laughs> at Colin CLT on Twitter if you can catch me. <laughs> catch me. Or find him on the deck. D-E-C-K. Josh is totally not ready to throw in music, are you? No, we need a little bit of vamping. Vamp. More, be professional. Stretch. More stretch. Vamping. <laughs> so where are you looking in the draft, Nikki? <laughs> <laughs> can we go can we go to Vegas? Ooh. I would encourage you to check out (laughs) RoaringRiot.com where draft packages will be going on sale within the next two weeks. I'm in. Are you going? We we want to try to work something out with Roaring Riot because we're getting partners this year. So maybe we can get them to go again. All this has been drowned out by insane, so <laughs> totally fine. See you next month. Happy New Year.